little Kelly was very excited. You see, church, as a six-year-old, she understood something that was happening in her life. She was finished with kindergarten. And so she knew that she had reached a certain stage in life where mommy won't be running with the lunch kit and she had a certain level of independence and she felt good. She, she was dependent on mommy for a while, but now I am a free little girl. And so the first week of school, little Kelly was just all over the place. It felt good to be at six and to reach school, prep school grade one. But you know, after the first week, grandma noticed something. Little Kelly was not all that excited anymore. And to wake her in the mornings, it was a challenge. And then one day, after Kelly got home from school, she sat beside Grandma and they were, they were talking. And Kelly said, Grandma, I am so stressed out. You know, I wish if I could retire like you. <laughs> Grandma asked, what do you know about being stressed out at six? She said, Grandma, it's just school, man. It's not the same. You know, you go to school, you have homework, you have this. So Grandma said, you mean you're talking about the challenges that you're facing daily? Of course. What, what, what do you mean by challenges, Grandma? And then Grandma said, they are like little bumps along the way. But never mind my grandchild. The bumps are what you climb on to achieve your goals. Good afternoon, church. I stand here with the sermon topic. The bumps are what you will climb on to make it into God's kingdom. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, we bow before your throne and we pray earnestly for your spirit to speak today as we listen. There are so many bumps along the way, but Lord, help us to remember that you are our help and our strength in times of trouble, for Christ's sake. Amen. Permit me, before I begin, to bring you greetings from the officers of East Jamaica Conference, our pastor, Pastor Adrian Cotchwell, our treasurer, who is Ella Wright, who was recently elected to the position, and our secretary, Pastor Osborne, and all the other directors from the conference. We would like to wish for you all the best for the new year. And not only that, permit me also to say, Pastor King, congratulations to this church, as your pastor said this morning, for being the number one church in East Jamaica Conference. Our prayer for you is, may the God of heaven remember you like Noah, favor you like Moses, honor you all like Mary, fight for you like the Israelites, prosper you like Isaac, promote you like Joseph, intervene for you like Esther, protect you like Daniel, use you like Paul, heal you like Naaman, answer you like Elijah, anoint you like David, keep you safe like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and finally, may you all be victorious like Jesus Christ, the rock of all ages.
trust and hope that you will have a very spirit-filled year, and this year will draw you even closer to our, our Savior and Redeemer, who is just around the corner. I'd like to also personally say thanks to Pastor King. I remember when he asked me to come and speak at this time, I was a bit hesitant. But then he said to me, Sister Donna, I want you to come to my church now. And so I had no other choice but to say, Lord, if you can use anything, then please use me to encourage the brethren because we are all traveling to your kingdom together. I beg you one minute because I must ask, I must do something. I listened to the teen choir. In fact, when I saw the program and I saw teen choir, my skin would say in Jamaica, catch fire. Because I love something about our young people. Young people carry a certain kind of vibes. And forgive me, I am young. If you think you're old, I am not. My little niece who is here this morning told me my age. And I said to her, go away. I am not that old. But church, I confess, she missed it by one year. But I wouldn't tell her that. I said, go away. I'm not that old. But when I heard the teen choir, I said, yes, man. Pastor, church board members, officers, members. It's time for us to let Jamaica know what we have. Because we have a fine caliber of young people who are hooked on to Jesus. And they have a message for the world. And I'm happy that I see my prayer partner of yesteryear still here. And I know she's praying for me even now as I speak. Because I felt something move inside of me. And then I saw the choir director. I looked at her. And I said, but wait. What a young lady looked like that little girl that I used to teach at Meadowville in junior class. But then I heard somebody saying, Sister Stone. So I just allowed it to pass. Until I heard doctor got up and said, Sister Jolly Stone. God, you are awesome. Keep it up. Because you are helping young people to understand that we will understand it better by and by. And that is really good. And to top it off, the organist, the pianist, where did she disappear to? She had a right to get up. Because Lisa, I remember days coming from Mandeville and all of that. And Lisa, my traveling companion, she would sit in the car and she will count the amount of cars that would be passing me. <laughs> and then she would say something like, Auntie, don't another one coming in. Don't make him pass you, man. <laughs> but you know, thank God for the bumps along the way. Because that kind of slowed us down and kept us here today. Lisa, I feel good to be in church worshiping with you. And all the parents and past students and everybody, it's a good feeling for us to be together. Forgive me for so, sounding so excited, but I tell people I work in God's advertising department, and when I get my bonus, it's not at Christmas time. I get it all year round, Pastor. So because of that, I feel good because I feel his grace and his mercy. And I'm benefiting from that, and I give him the praise. My brothers and sisters, the bumps are what you climb on. The bumps are what you climb on. Many a great traveler 
have traveled this earth. Great men like Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, women, we could think of Mother Teresa, and they would tell you today that it wasn't easy. One of the greatest pieces of literature that was ever written, The Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, 1876. A very outstanding piece of religious English literature where the narrator gave a story where he fell asleep and dreamt that he was in the wilderness and he met a man named Christian who was tormented by spiritual anguish. A spiritual guide named Evangelist met Christian and urged him to leave the city of destruction. Evangelists claim that salvation can only be found in the celestial city known as Mount Zion. Christian appealed to his family to join him, but they refused. He left with a vision in mind, a purpose in mind. When he started, like little Kelly, he was excited, but then he encountered many bumps along the way. He met faithfulness. He entered the city of vanity. He met despair. He lost his ticket to the celestial city. The city, the ticket that gave him hope when he got the notch to leave. He lost that ticket. But that bump was not big enough to deter him. He went back and he searched for his ticket. He searched as he passed through the valley of the shadow of death. But he used the bumps to climb higher. And finally, finally, as this bit of literature said, Christian made it to the celestial city. Had he turned back, had he given up in defeat, he would not have made it. But I guess he heard Winston Churchill saying, never, never, never give up. Because the bumps are there to help you to get higher. He heard many a great man saying, keep going. You become a champion by fighting one more round. When things are tough, you fight one more round. Just keep pressing on. Don't give up. He heard the voices saying, obstacles cannot crush me. Every obstacle yields to serve, resolve, sorry. He who is fixed to a star does not change his mind. I say to you today, are you fixed on the star, the star of righteousness, Jesus Christ himself, that star that you need to keep your eyes fixed on is right there as distant doesn't matter, only the first step that is difficult. Not only the great men we can contemplate today, but it would be a mist of me just to contemplate on these great men without going to the Bible. The greatest textbook of all. The Bible that portrays lives of great men and women who had bumps in life to carry on, challenges in life, but they held on just the same. Permit me to ask you to join me now 
as we look at just a few of these men and realize what happened that allowed them to hold tight, stick tenaciously to the promises that God left for them, realizing that the bumps in life are just there to help us to climb higher to God's kingdom. Abraham did not become a man of faith overnight. Abraham, as we all know, had a story to tell, had a story for us, because Abraham went through some difficult bumps in life before he got to the top of the mountain. Abraham was comfortable. God called Abraham, and Abraham got up, as we would see in the book of Genesis. I'm going to go from the beginning to the end. Abraham got up. He got the call. Abraham, I want you to go to a land that I promise you. In going to the land, Abraham had some bumps to get over. But praise God, he got over them. He had a lot of challenges. But then Abraham thought to himself, God has called me. He will get me over these bumps in life. They were difficult bumps at times. Difficult because these were some of the bumps that would have caused Abraham to question God. Oh, Abraham laughed. He rejoiced with Sarah. We know the story. In fact, that's how Sarah got our name, laughter. Abraham rejoiced with his wife when he heard that they were going to have a child. And they actually had the child. The road was smooth. Everything was going well. But then there came that bump where God asked Abraham, to take that one son that they had, that son Isaac, to go and sacrifice that son. It was a big bump. But the Bible records that Abraham, by faith, I often wonder, why is it, Sister Donna, Abraham did not wake Sarah to tell her about it. Pastor King, I wonder to myself ever so often, Husband and wife, they are to share everything. But why Abraham did not wake Sarah? Why he did not discuss it with Sarah? Because there are times when you approach some bumps in life that only you and God alone will get over it. Maybe if Abraham had said it to Sarah, knowing us women, when Sarah was ready for Isaac, there would be a pillar in the bed but there will be no little boy in the bed. But Abraham had to get over that bump. And up to the last moment, church, up to the final moment, the very final moment, Abraham exercised that faith in God. I presume as Abraham got to the top of the bump to go over, maybe he stood still. He saw Isaac and the piercing question coming from the mouth of his son. My dad, where is the sacrifice? Piercing words coming from a son that would have torn any parent heart apart. And Abraham words I'd like to leave with you today. When you get to your bump in life, remember God will provide.
just trust him. He will provide. Abraham trusts God. And up to that point, God came through just in time. You don't know what God wants you to do. But trust him and go forward in faith. Abraham used that bump to climb higher to God. <laughs> Talk about a rocky road and bumps. We can remember the road, what it was like after Nicole. That's the kind of road I presume young people, Joseph traveled on. Joseph's road was very rocky. He had a lot of bumps. He was pampered by his father, hated by his brothers, sold for a slave, falsely accused, put into prison, forgotten and apparently forsaken. What a set of bumps. All of that Joseph had to endure. And he thought at the end of it, yes, Lord, young people, yes, I have been faithful. Now, God, it's your time to deliver. But at last, he got a bigger bump instead of deliverance. He was thrown into prison. But the bump, the prison bump, was what helped him to become the second in command in all of Egypt. If it's even in the, on the prison, in the prison, God has got a plan. And Joseph will say, don't care what happened. I am trusting God to deliver. Because the plans that God has is to prosper and to give us a hope and a future. The bumps in life is, are what we need to climb on to get higher. The Bible really has some challenging bumps. Challenging travelers who made it through. And as I thought about them, in the early hours of the morning, I too, like Jacob, wrestled this morning. Because as I thought about the bumps in life, and I look at my own life, I had to ask myself, my brothers and sisters, would I be as faithful as Jacob? We can see Abraham's story. We can understand Joseph's story. But let's look at Jacob's bones. Jacob. And I was happy when I heard Pastor mentioning Jacob in Bible class. It gave me a little push. Because I said, yes, Lord, we're on the same page. And so you got a bit of it from Bible class. But let's go a little bit further. And we got a little bit out of the children's story, the love part of it. But let's go a little bit further with Jacob. Listen, church. Jacob, you know, work for somebody. Listen, we know the story, you know. We have read it over and over. But let's talk about it together as brethren. Jacob worked for Laban. He did not ask Laban for wages. No, he didn't ask him anything. I had to read it again for myself. He did not ask Laban said it to him. But you're working for me. I, I need to pay you. What do you want? Ask me, I'll give you. It's not like I ask for it. You ask me. And then I praise the Lord. Because the Lord has said, I'll give you my heart's desire. And we must be free to tell God what we want. Because Jacob did just that. He said, okay. Please, 
Give me Rachel. Rachel was his heartbeat. Rachel was his motivating factor. Young men, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, man. Even when he was tired, just to see Rachel coming round the corner was the inspiration that he needed to work for three more hours. Even when he was hungry and he saw Rachel, food did not matter anymore because his heartbeat was passing by. He said, give me Rachel. And Uncle Laban said, yes. So Jacob thought, no bombs, straightforward. I just work, I get my wages. After seven years of labor, waiting for that night, that night that he dreamt about, he slept sleepless, just, just tiring, just, just thinking about it. Everything inside was just waiting for that night. Leah was there. He saw Leah. But Leah didn't move him. She looked at him with her cross eyes. But he didn't want to see somebody looking at him with the cross eyes that way. He knew who he wanted. Can you imagine the disappointment? The morning when he got up and he saw that it was Leah. I know my Jamaican men. I am sorry. I know my Jamaican people. And I am just imagining, Pastor, you have to hold a counseling session. Because for me to work for seven years, and you're going to deceive me like that? And then you're going to come and tell me after all of that, that listen, the custom is, but if you want, then seven more years. True love is a high and holy principle. One which is not awakened by impulse. And one which dies suddenly when severely tested. Jacob had that true love for Rachel. And no bumps in life, don't care how long it would take him, would cause him to give up on the lover of his life. There are some bumps, my brothers and sisters. You thought that it would be three years, but it turned out to be four. It might be five. Lord, have mercy, ten. And when you thought that was it, another bump come add to it again. But remember, the bumps in life are what you will climb on to get closer to God. Jacob found that out. He did not quit. He asked the Lord to give him the strength to work for 14 years, twice that amount, to get what he wanted and to allow the Lord to work out his will in his life. Because Jacob and Rachel, they became the parents of the 12 tribe of Israel. God has a plan for you, my brothers and sisters. And don't care how heavy or how hard those bumps may be. Try and go over them so that his plan may be manifested in your life. What a great way for Jacob to end.
finally, after 14 years, he married the love of his life. We can talk about Paul. We can talk about Daniel. We can talk about Moses. We can talk about these experiences because all of these will say to us, whatever happens, trust God because he is able to take you through. But let's face reality. Let's look at what is reality. We talk about it, but let us talk about reality. The God of yesterday. And when you are faced with today, you wonder if he will be the God of tomorrow to take you through. The path that you may be going through right now might be quite bumpy. You might feel like quitting, like giving up. Where is the God of yesterday who answered my prayer? Like Elijah, our Mount Carmel experience is now behind us and we can only see gloom and despair and we call out for death. Lord, take me. Take me. As we look at Elijah, he got over that bump on Mount Carmel and he was on cloud nine. But when the depression came, Elijah called out, Lord, please take me. As was so beautifully put, in the Sabbath school quarterly. Utterly weary, he, Elijah, sat down to rest under the tree. And sitting there, he requested for himself that he might die. A fugitive far from the dwelling places of men, his spirit crushed by bitter disappointment. He desired never again to look upon the face of man. Into the experience of all, there comes tints of keen disappointment and utter discouragement. Days when sorrow is proportioned and it is hard to believe that God is still the kind benefactor of his earthborn children. Ways when troubles harass the soul till death seems preferable to life. It is then that many lose their hold on God. Could we at such time discern with spiritual insight the meaning of God's providence? We should see angels seeking to save us from ourselves and striving to plant our feet upon a foundation more than more firm than the everlasting hills and new faith, new life would spring into being. Ellen G. White, Preachers and Prophets, page 162. You ask the question, I know, why doesn't God remove the stones and straighten the path? If God did that, you might have never got to the top because the bumps are what you climb on. To get to the top. Psalms 91. Along with our scripture reading. It says. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high. Shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. There are different types of dangers named in this psalm. War, sneers, sickness, terror by nights, etc. But God says whatever happens. He will protect his children. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee church, not in some, but in all thy ways. And finally, I like this part that says, he will keep thee, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. It is saying that the stones will be there. We will have them. But praise God, the stones are there for us to use as stepping stones, not stumbling blocks, so that we can climb higher to God's kingdom. But how do we respond to the rocks in our way? Do we complain? Do we, like Elijah, 
call upon God and say, Lord, please, please, Father, I wish that thou would take me even now. Most of us respond in a predicament way, predictable way to rocks in the path. We complain about them. We kick against them and we only hurt ourselves. We try to pick them up and get rid of them only to discover that they are too heavy for us. We can't get around them and we wonder if we ever get over them. Some people just stop and go no further. Others give up and turn back. But the child of God does not have to stop or go back. He can use a rocky place in life as stepping stones to climb higher. The trouble with most of us is that we're accustomed to paved roads and level sidewalk. But life is not made that way. Sometimes the road is level and easy, and the birds are singing, and the way is wonderful. But sometimes the road is rocky and bumpy, and we hear no music and feel no helping hand. Then what? Complain, give up. No, that's not the time. That is the time to remember that God has promised to give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. God's invisible harm is at your service, as one writer puts it, and God will see you through. If life were nothing but a series of defeat, all of us would get discouraged. God knows how to balance our lives so that we can have sunshine and rain, calm and storm, laughter and tears. On the road of life, there are level places that delights us, and there are difficult places that challenge us. If we get off the path of God's will and go on detour, the way will be made rougher from start to finish. The detours is always rougher than the main road, but there are rocks and bumps even to the path of God's choosing. And we have to learn to accept them and benefits from them. The bumps are what you climb on. You will agree with me, church, that it's easy to say, but ever so hard to do. We must understand that this takes faith. It is much easier to kick the rock and turn around and go back. The secret to climbing higher is to look away from yourself and your difficulties and look by faith to Jesus. He knows how you are. He knows how you feel and what you can do. Turn it all over to him and start walking by faith. The very rock that seems like barriers to human eyes, to the eyes of faith becomes blessing. Listen to the promises of Psalm 91 and verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Peter would tell you if he was here, that once you are a follower of Christ and you encounter a bump, don't try to disown Christ because you cannot hide in the crowd. There is a mark upon you. There is a mark that was placed upon you by Jesus Christ himself. Because Peter, when he came to his bump, he thought that, listen, I won't go over this. He denied Christ three times. But when Christ turned around and looked at him, 
Peter realized that though I tried to disown him and disassociate myself from him, he is standing by to help me to get over the bump. Praise God. Peter did just that. He went, he wept, and he prayed and asked, Lord, help me to get over the bump. Ellen G. White commissioned us as I close to look to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. In the book, Desire of Ages, she writes, the elder brother of our race is by the eternal throne. He looks upon every soul who is turning his face towards him as the savior. He knows by experience what are the weaknesses of humanity and what are our wants and realize the strength of our temptation. For he was in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. He's watching over you, trembling child of God. Are you tempted? He will deliver. Are you weak? He will strengthen. Are you ignorant? He will enlighten. Are you wounded? He will heal. The Lord telleth the number of stars, and yet he healeth the broken in heart and bind up their wounds. His invitation is, come unto me. Whatever your anxiety and your trials, spread out your case before the Lord. Your spirit will be braced for endurance. The way will be open for you to disentangle yourself for embarrassment and difficulty. The weaker and more helpless you know yourself to be, the stronger you will become in his strength. The heavier your burden, the more blessed the rest in casting them upon the burden bearer. My brothers and sisters, I challenge you today. I say to you upon the authority of God's words, Jesus Christ is the bump bearer. The bumps in life are there just to draw you closer. What qualifies him to become our bump bearer? I like the way this writer puts it. If anyone faced obstacles on the road of life, it was our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He was born in a poor family a member of a rejected minority race. He grew up in a little town that was only mentioned in scorn. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He gathered about him a small group of nondescript men, and one of them became a traitor and sold him for pieces of silver. He was called a liar, a glutton, a drunkard, a man in league with the devil. Men twisted his words and questioned his motive. Yet Jesus continued to do the will of God. Finally, he came to the greatest bump of all, being crucified like a common thief. But he continues to climb to that mountain, and God gave him the victory. This is why, my brothers and sisters, the writer of the book of Hebrews urges us to look to Jesus and keep on trusting. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set down before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are not to look to ourselves, our circumstances, our troubles, or the bumps in road. But today I say to you, upon the authority of God's words, as we travel this Christian pathway, as Seventh-day Adventists, as we continue to press on, as we continue to lift up the name Christ Jesus, let us remember there will be bumps, 
There will be challenges, but praise God, the bumps in life are what will get us closer to God, what will get us to that celestial city recorded in Revelation 21 through 22. And I, John, saw that beautiful city that God has gone to prepare for those who have come through great tribulation. There will be no more crying, no weeping, no death will be there because Jesus Christ will reign forever and ever. And as God's people, we will sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, praise and honor to the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of this earth. We don't know what is before us, but we are assured that we will choose Jesus and we will continue to trust him, not just for now, but for eternity. Will you choose Jesus again? Will you choose Jesus today? In spite of the challenges, in spite of the bumps along your road, please let us go to the foot of the cross and choose Jesus all over again.